Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, and SwitchCast is the automotive-related podcast where we're searching for the truth and the humor in the car industry. If it ain't true, it better be funny. Yeah, come to SwitchCast for automotive wisdom with a side of sarcasm, or vice versa, depending on our weekly snark level. Can we legally call this wisdom? Is that a thing? Can we get in trouble for that? <laughs> uh, I didn't know that was... Is wisdom copywritten by somebody? I have somebody? no idea. I just gave it... Solomon know. in the Proverbs? <laughs> Wisdom TM. <laughs> oh, hi, guys <laughs> and girls, uh, everybody who's watching. Um, yeah, welcome back. Let's get right to it. Uh, in EV news this week, this is not an EV topic tonight, but there's something positive coming out of the EV world, I think. Uh, Tesla has teased the idea of a $25,000 commuter EV. Elon Musk says this will be a game changer. No kidding. Yeah, uh, seriously. Kathy Wood, who even is that? I don't know. But via the street says that this plan could increase uh, Tesla's share price tenfold. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's sorry. That's what I've been saying all along about EVs is the problem is that they're for the super rich or you know upper middle class and they're not really practical and they're all about hyper acceleration and what they need to do is just make a really cheap practical car they need the EV version of the people's car or like Ford Model T's right they need to mass produce them and make them uh, affordable practical and optional for one uh, not mandated so I, I I like this plan. I'm I'm not a a, a like Tesla fanboy because apparently now it's become political. Oh. <laughs> All the uh, classically liberal journalists will say have just been dragging Tesla through the mud. All the same rags that have been super pro EV just are loving the fact that the cyber truck is falling on its face. Um, yeah. So it's it's gotten political, but. Uh, which I feel like it's so easy for just about everything to get political, which is disappointing. But I, like you've mentioned, we've said this for a long time. What we need is the people's EV. Yes. No, the normal guy is not going to buy a lucid air and use it as daily transportation. You Correct. need an appliance. Or a Rivian yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. They're cool. It's, it's interesting to get people excited for those who are going to get excited about EVs. We need an appliance. Right. What the Chevy Volt almost was. But yeah, was it? They they had it like probably what a decade too soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a hilarious comment though related to the the Model T thing though, and this was just some random comment on Facebook, which usually everyone should just ignore. But I had to I had to save this one. It, it was so funny. Um, some lady Deborah Yoho was remarking about EVs. <laughs> Quote, these are the Model Ts of this time. And she's not talking about this news that we just talked about. She's talking about regular EVs, the ones that are overpriced and oh. not super practical. She said, quote, these are the Model Ts of this time. Like then, they are full of flaws and only the rich can afford them. They are the future. And in 50 years, everyone will own one. Wasn't the Model T really cheap because Henry Ford did the whole assembly line thing? That yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Clearly, she has not the faintest idea what the Model T's were. <laughs> they were oh. the first people's car. Yeah. Uh, well, she is on the train of everyone will own one. Mm. Give us a choice. Give us a choice. Uh, market update. Uh, of If you are paying attention and have listened to past episodes, we discussed a white 91 Diablo, white on white that was for sale in Canada. And it sold on Bring a Trailer for 335000 with a massive jump in bid. The buyer did not come through. They relisted it. It had one bid to $250,000. Did not sell. The buyer did not come through. It was then listed on Sotheby's Motorsport, which is their new online auction platform. It got bid to $175,000. Obviously didn't sell. That's too cheap. Reserve was not met on that one. The other two sales, the reserve was met. It quote-unquote sold on the auction. Well, it was listed on P-Car Market last oh. week. It is making the rounds of the auctions. Uh, the online auctions, anyway. Um, not the best marketing strategy. I've learned in the car business that if a car doesn't sell on a particular platform, 
you got to give it some time. You don't just immediately relist it on another platform. Like you essentially create speculation and trepidation in buyers that think like, well, there's a reason that it didn't sell other than that a buyer just sucked at being a buyer. Um, it has yeah. ended on PCAR market. It did. Yes. Like earlier today. Yes. And guess what happened, Doug? <laughs> Reserve not met. <laughs> it did better than on Sotheby's Motorsport, though. Um, the high bid, which appeared to be a dealer, was at like 240K or 238 um, with a uh, buy it now in the deal tank of 275. So I think that's on the money. I think that's proper money for that car. I, I just feel like they've ruined the perceived value of the car because they've put it out there so much that now people are assuming there's something nefarious going on, which there probably isn't. It's just bad marketing. So do you think it's affected by being in Canada? Oh yes. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, there's no federalization or anything like that, but people discount cars in Canada because they don't, know what it takes to get a car down here. Although people buying 91 Diablos probably know better, but you know, it's still two and a half percent duty and extra shipping and customs fees. So there's a little bit of cost involved. Uh, Speaking of nefarious though, Carvana. Uh Oh, I was saying I do have the stock price pulled up just in case I was like, it's going to come up, but we've been waiting for the 2023 Q4 earnings to be released because, oh. again, past episode, we discussed how their $742 million Q3 net profit was not actually a net profit. It was approximately $105 million net operating loss. So Q4 is going to tell us how they're really doing. But they don't get released till tomorrow. So, oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Trust me, I've been like checking every day, every day. Uh, (laughs) We can't wait. Speaking of other nefarious things, um, I I came across some service records uh, on a car that we have for sale, 2004 911 GT3. It's on Bring a Trailer right now. And there's two sets of service records on the auction. There's a reason for that. Bear with me a little bit, but I'm ready. Yeah, it's this car's already on my mind. Stay ready. I can think about it some more. So um, I got to give a little bit of backstory. There is one owner from 2005 to 2021-ish. He contacted us to sell it in 21. We brokered a deal to the new buyer. At the time, he sent us the complete file of service for his 15 plus years of ownership. Uh, we didn't hear about the car again. That customer had it. F- the, the guy we sold it to had it for a couple years. He traded it in to a dealer who I won't name um, (laughs) because Mm -hmm. they threatened to sue me last year on Ah. our drive down to Amelia for naming them in factual things. I didn't even name them that time. They just got wrapped up in another situation in which other people implicated them and they said somehow it was my fault. So yeah, we're just sidestepping the mess this time. <laughs> Potential mess. Well, I, I sidestepped it that time. All I did, there was a car that had undisclosed damage and I provided the service records and they were the last dealer to sell the car and didn't disclose it. And everybody else pointed the finger at them. So then they pointed the finger at me. Ah, that's right. So <laughs> we're not going to point the finger here. I'm just saying facts. And if you guys want to Google the VIN, you can figure it out for yourself. Um, okay, so... Guy sold it to this dealer. The dealer sold it to a customer in Louisiana. The customer in Louisiana traded it in recently to us. That customer sent us the service records that he had gotten from this dealer. And the dealer kept the original hard copies, right? They were with the car because I had a photo of them from the first owner we got it from. And I had kept a PDF as well. So he sent me the entire file, but then I also got a digital file of the records that this guy had received from the dealer. I briefly compared them, but I had no reason to believe they were any different. But then I'm going through looking for specific things like the coolant line pinning and the guard's rear diff internals, and they weren't there. So then I actually went through like line by line, page by page, and compared the first file to the second file. 
and the second file had essentially been sanitized. So the car has been on track. I knew that. No big deal. The guy took fantastic care of it, and it's in impeccable condition. But a lot of people are just scared to buy a track car, especially collectors. Now the cars have gone up in value. People just want all original, never tracked, never painted, yada, yada, yada. Stuff they never used to care about until the cars became worth too much money. So this dealer, in order to get more money for it, pulled out every receipt that had to do with anything related to the car being on track. So a receipt that said track inspection, gone. Oh, oh yeah. my. Sorry, the dealer allegedly did. Yeah, yeah, yes. They could have been misplaced. We don't know. Alleg- yeah. <laughs> Just random. Uh, this, this one's misplaced. This one's misplaced. They fell misplaced. out of the binder. This, I don't page know. Page three, page eight, page 13. I, come on, people. On a car like that, I don't... I, I'm, and I'm just talking about, like, the market in general. If somebody's looking for a cream puff perfect car, fine. But for a normal, like, somebody who just wants a GT3 to drive it, why would you care if it was on track a couple of times? If you if you own it, you probably would like to experience it on track. It wasn't put into a wall. It wasn't like a cage wasn't in it, and it wasn't, like, on super hard suspension. The car's mostly stock. I do not get it. It goes back to something we covered in a previous episode about the questions you shouldn't ask about when buying a car is because people in general cannot judge for themselves whether or not a car is good quality. So they have to use metrics that are suggested to them by the internet, e.g. how many owners, how many miles, was it on track, et cetera, et cetera. But this just goes to show you that having service records can be a false sense of confidence because all they have to do is pull out the one that's damaging to the car that could you know, be the, the car flipped end over end, but, and you get a big stack of service records and you think, oh man, this car's great. It was serviced perfectly. You don't know what isn't there. So don't rely on service records. They're great. I love seeing service records, but you can't know that they're complete. So it's like you said during those episodes, it's like the service records is just one of the tools in your toolbox to try to prevent yourself from getting into a bad situation. The service yes. records, the PPI, the, the inspection yourself, the, you know, whatever else you can do, but nothing is a guarantee. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, this fun one was submitted to us by Coach Connie. Um, I, I love this. I didn't know this. I don't know how I've lived in Ohio 18 years and not known this, but Ohio names its snow plows. And wait, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? And it's done by like public uh, public submissions. It's a naming contest, which didn't work too well for the UK, whatever London, somebody or other, which ended up with Bodie McPlough oh, yeah. face. We had to have had that. a Plowy McPlough face. Going there on. is so there. There's some great ones in here. <laughs> uh, I think Wisconsin does it as well. Um, but some of the best ones are uh, Blizzard Wizard. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Ohio Thaw Enforcement. Ooh, I like that. Snow Force One. Oh, yeah. Betty Whiteout. Here's one of my favorites. <laughs> Control Salt Delete. Oh, that's so good. Plow Chicka Plow Wow. Oh, that's a mouthful. Darth Blader. <laughs> Scoop Dog. Oh, snow place like home. Cle- Cle- Cleopatra. <laughs> Do they like get stickers with these names and put them somewhere or I guess I've never even sweet. noticed it. I feel like they need to be much bigger. Yeah, I want to see Cleopatra. <laughs> That's what Actually, Bodie face has. They have a he's yeah, got it written like, on the side of the thing Yeah, on the side of the boat. Oh. You know, I get anxiety when I see. Uh, clear and green lights because I know it's a salt truck. Oh, yeah. It, like, because it, it's not in the middle of the winter, I don't care. But it's like that October, November slash March, April when you don't want fall to end or you want spring to start and the roads are clear. But then there's always that like 31 degree night where you're like, oh, they might salt again. And every time I see those lights during the that four month period, I just I, my get blood all pressure goes up. Your heart rate increases. <laughs> I'm like, don't happening? salt because we might not get rain for three weeks. 
That happened. With, we had a snow recently where I didn't realize it was going to be so bad, and I had the same thing happen. I saw a plow truck come across my field of view as I was coming down the road, just dumping salt. And I was like, well, there goes the next three weeks. Yep. I mean, we shouldn't expect to be able to drive our cars in February, so any good day with a clear road is bonus. But March, April, slash October, November, it's just... Yeah, that, that I think they salted on Halloween last year, and it just oh, it yeah. crushed my soul because then it, November so dry. Oh yeah, there was nothing. So it it didn't wash the roads away, and our roads right now are brutal. But it's going to rain tomorrow, and I'm ignoring the snow that might happen on Friday. <laughs> Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with a single purpose, and that is to make people a part of the experience. So if you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, Boxcast is an easy and flexible live streaming platform for organizations. Boxcast is so easy, in fact, that we're broadcasting this show with a phone. So head on over to switchcars.com forward slash boxcast for your free trial. Uh, Ethan, where's Hank? What's going on? Why is he not here? Uh, Hank might be in trouble with uh, Margaret yeah. for oh, forgetting that, about Valentine's Day last week. Just kind of like bolt out of here. That was I, a rough showing. He did try. He attempted to get flowers. I think we should probably call his house phone <laughs> yeah. and leave him a message. We don't have a cell phone, right? Or does he even have <laughs> one? Man, no. well, I think he, does, he has a, think he has a flip phone. Yeah, it's one of them. Flip <laughs> yeah. It only does text and call and don't ask him to text you. Yeah. He has well, it on, his, on his belt clip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, in Corvette news, though, uh, Doug, I've got one for you All right. that I found online earlier today. So the headline, uh, so this is coming to you from Haggerty.com. Um, All right. It's where I'm, I'm reading it from. Uh, semi-truck full of Corvettes fails as getaway vehicle. Oh. And I don't know. I, I saw the headline. I've not seen this article. So I'm not sure why a semi-truck full of fast cars somebody would use as a getaway vehicle. So I read into the article a little bit more, you know, like. What were they getting away from? Well, that's the interesting part. Um, alleged or apparently, uh, as the uh, the person who stole it admitted to stealing the vehicle and advised that the Corvettes were not the reason, and that he just needed a truck to get home as he had just been released from prison. <laughs> so apparently, it was at some like service station or something that the person who stole the truck was just like chatting up the driver and then just got in and left. One, uh. I, did he break out of prison or he was lawfully released? Because I feel like if, if it's the latter, that's not a good start to your re-entry into society. No, I, the, the words in the article say released. So I imagine and, that and he was like, you know, I guess it could happen. Somebody comes out, they don't know who to call. They don't have anybody to support them. So they're out on their own. I am not sure that I would steal a semi-truck full of Corvettes or a semi-truck, period. Yeah, it's not hard to find. But there was like a, a police chase and everything. And I don't know how you think you're going to get away. And obviously they didn't in a semi. Apparently there was no Altimas nearby to steal. <laughs> it would have been so much faster. I'm, I'm impressed that he knew how to drive a semi truck. Right? Oh, yeah. Because the, the truck in the photo in this article is like an older Volvo, it looks like. Sure. So it's probably a stick or, or with a bunch of like, you know, what, you got high, medium, low. Yeah. And then all the gears in each one yep. of those like... I'd be stressed. I'd drive a manual every day and that would still stress me out. Yep. Yep. Y yeah. That would be a semi-terrible idea. <laughs> oh, and this it, person was 23 years old. Oh. Honestly, that's kind of impressive. Hey, <laughs> uh, props to him. I should have made that the prop of the week. Uh-oh. <laughs> if you had gotten away. <laughs> you know, I, although I, one might say if, if, if he was running from the cops and the people might have gotten their Corvettes delivered faster than if the... <laughs> <laughs> guy on the clock had done it <laughs> yeah he was apparently just sitting around taking a break or something which is allowed of course fine but you know it's valuable time as some some other hank not getting his c8 oh man um well i have some corvette news for you oh um a 2009 corvette zr1 so first year the c6 zr1 with three miles on it is for sale or was for sale last i checked uh, online for 125 grand. Oh. Yeah, it's a 3LT package. Three miles. Did you hear that? Three miles. How is that possible? Aren't most delivery mile cars like 10 to 15? Usually, but not all. 
Oh my God. Does it still have the, the saran wrap on the seats? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It looked like it was parked outside a little bit though. Like it didn't look like a museum piece. But yeah, the, the photos you sent me, it looks like it's in a gravel parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did it get here without yeah. being under its own power? Honestly, I think this is actually quite a good deal, considering all the ridiculous American 80s and 90s stuff that sold recently. The C6ZR1, I believe, nope, there was a C4ZR1 that was called the King of the Hill. This one was the, the Blue Devil, but um, it, it was a heck of a value to begin with. In fact... I think it was the MSRP was right around 125. So I think it's a good buy now comparatively. I think there was a 1984 Chevy Blazer with less than 100 miles on it that sold at an auction last year for right around the same amount. Which would you rather have, a delivery mile Chevy Blazer or a ZR1? Oh, ZR1's going to be a whole heck of a lot more fun. Right. If but you, drive you it. can't. It has three miles. But I'd rather look at that than a square box. Um, but that was a terrible investment for the original owner. The guy that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to order a ZR1 and keep it in the wrapper and not drive it. He lost money. Oh, yeah, because what was the the MSRP? Wasn't it like around 100 grand? Uh, I think it was closer to 120 with the 3LT oh, package man. and stuff. But either way, even if you just figure inflation, you're losing money. I mean, that's equivalent to putting money in a coffee can and burying it in the backyard it's like those guys i mean this is on a lesser scale but i used to see stories about guys buying those mercury marauders and keeping them in the saran wrap and it's like i last of the Oops. panther body but like they're worth what 25 <laughs> 30 uh, maybe 50 for a saran wrapped one yeah, but still yeah let's put it in, in in index funds this is not investment advice correct <laughs> Well, you can say put things in. That's not investment advice. That's general advice. You uh, shouldn't yeah. say, like, here's what percentage you should do and buy this stock and don't, don't buy Carvana. Like if you I like this show, uh, please help us out with the algorithms. Uh, subscribe, share, uh, leave us uh, five-star reviews. Um, if you don't like us, then... Um, leave somebody else a, a five-star review. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that it, that all helps us out, um, helps the algorithms promote the show. Uh, everything's electronic and AI now. So, um, you know, this show doesn't grow by itself. It, it grows with your help. So we thank you for listening and please tell your friends. Yes. And AI as, is as not going to say. <laughs> AI is not going to replace us. I don't think I signed a form that lets Doug do that. Well, me, it so. might replace Ethan. Oh, but. Yikes, bro. Sorry. Yeah, no, I get it. You got to get your uh, cross cab before that happens. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'm used to it. <laughs> AI might make better jokes than I do. <laughs> uh, do we have a question of the week brought uh, to us by Nuts for Sticks? We have uh, some good questions brought to you by Nuts for Sticks that we All can right. get to. Well, let's get to a couple of them. And if you are watching live, now is your chance to throw questions in and uh, if they're decent, we will address them. And for those of you who haven't heard of Nuts for Sticks before, Nuts for Sticks is a brand celebrating the manual transmission in all of its forms. Forget those flappy paddles because we like shifting ourselves. So check out our fun and funny stick-themed shirts at NutsforSticks.com and save 10% on your order using the discount code SWITCHCAST. That is NutsforSticks.com and code SWITCHCAST. There's new shirts and stuff up there, isn't there? Yes, we restocked the Keep Your Woman Butt Switch Cars shirt, which we sold out of twice. So, ladies, if you want to get your husband uh, permission to buy a car, but a reminder that he's devoted solely to you, get him that shirt. <laughs> Heck yeah. Alrighty, so uh, first up here from the questions we've got tonight, uh, we have... Uh, Dan Butler asked earlier tonight, or they said, I run into Doug at Luft in Indy and the Pittsburgh Vintage Grand Prix. Which Midwest car mecca will Doug attend this year? Midwest. Yeah. Um, that is a good question. Uh, one would be, it's it's going to be a mecca. This is breaking news. Uh, the Cars Are the Stars event in Minerva, Ohio. Uh, it's on September 14th. That's a Saturday. And they have done it f uh, three years now. I believe this will be the fourth year. And every year it's centered around a movie. 
Last year was gone in 60 seconds. This year, the movie is going to be Cannonball Run. So we're going to have an incredible display of both Cannonball Run movie cars, including the Transcon Medevac and the Ferrari 308, uh, driven by Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr., and a number of other cars um, still working on some really, really special ones. They'll be announced as we confirm them. And then we're also going to have the first ever chronological display of record cars over the last 120 years. So we've got quite a few of those cars confirmed as well. And, uh, of course, we'll have a lot of Cannonball personalities there. So I think that's going to be a mecca that people don't know that it is yet, but... It's going to be the best, most significant display of, of cannonball-related automobiles, I, I, I believe, ever to be assembled. So make that your mecca. Yeah, that sounds sweet. A uh, related question, uh, sort of. Will Hank, or Doug, I guess, in parentheses, be at Amelia Island this year? Hank, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be at least one Corvette down there that we can check out. And uh, uh, Amelia Island is where I discovered Hank. Like that was the inspiration for Hank. The actual Hank was there. I oh. still need to get that Jags jacket, but you had an opportunity. It was a hundred seventy-five dollars <laughs> worth it for the joke. If I see that guy again, I'm going to offer fifty for his because it's already <laughs> stained with years of <laughs> judging other at cars. cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, Amelia Island's going to be a good time. We'll be uh, we'll be heading down next week. Yes, yes. Which brings me to a question. We were going to talk about it beforehand, but I'll just talk about it here and let the audience weigh in. Uh, we're likely leaving on Wednesday, which would mean no podcast here in the studio. But Tyler and I will be road tripping uh, yeah. the Porsche 997 down, and we were considering doing a live Q&A from the road. Where's Ethan going to be? In the frunk? No, we'll just mount it up and <laughs> in spirit. Listen, I have luggage, Doug. I need to prepare for all weather eventuality. <laughs> Listen, this show is so easy. We're broadcasting from a phone. <laughs> That's very true. Hey, you guys can pull it off. So I, I don't know if anyone cares, but if we want to do an on the road live Q&A, it's not going to be a polished show. It will not make it to uh, audio format. <laughs> but uh, uh, you guys, I don't know. Uh, tell us if, if you care or not. Think that's cool or not. But just make uh, sure you put the summer tires back on so the entire background doesn't just wall. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of drone from the AWE exhaust. So. Oh, that's OK. I just don't want winter tire drone. Um. Can we do a, a mic, like an external mic? Can we just use that? We can figure mic? it out. Yeah, figure we can put that. Yeah, sure. yeah, we can figure something out. Um, that would be kind of fun. We'll be in the car for a few hours that night, at least. You're so. getting, this is already very well received by at least one person. <laughs> hey, on the that's all we need. <laughs> Ethan's like, I get a night. <laughs> just the three of us. It'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, get right. real weird. Alan Hall says. What hotel uh, are you guys staying at? <laughs> <laughs> I can see it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there in 20 minutes. <laughs> oh. All right, Alan Hall, who asked the question about Amelia, says he's looking forward to meeting Hank. So uh, yeah. better bring, so we better tell him to pack his new balances. I think Hank to might go to the works reunion, judge all the Porsche, Porsches. <laughs> oh. Is there like normal? Oh, yeah, because we we've parked historically in the around the Porsche Corral area, but there Correct. is normal parking. There There's got to be a Corvette in there. Possibly. And we can have like Hank be like, yes. oh, this is the real show. I'm not paying for the growl this year. I, I don't care. I'm <laughs> not fine. paying an extra hundred bucks to park with other Porsches. <laughs> I did last year just to say that I could. I've done this is in my car. Yeah, it, whatever. Um, yeah, and the Amelia thing is a big deal because um, RM Auctions got ousted from Amelia last year. Um, because Broad Arrow is owned by Haggerty, and Haggerty owns Amelia, so they wanted to put Broad Arrow auctions in the Ritz-Carlton, and so they just canceled RM's contract, essentially. That's how I understand it. Um, so there's so RM uh, teamed up with some people, and they're doing Moda Miami on the same weekend. So they literally were like, all right, screw you guys. We're going to compete with you. So there's a lot of people going to Miami instead which I'm a little bit looking forward to because I feel like Amelia has gotten so big that it's almost too much. So I'm kind of hoping the crowds are a little thinner. Yeah, because last year you and I left the Concours after lunch because we had gotten in early. 
um, to see everything as it was coming on, but there were just so many people there and it was so hot by yes. lunchtime. Like that was it. Yeah. Like, we were out. Yep. Yeah. So it should, should be a, a good time this year. Um, let's see. Scaminator. Ooh, we do, uh, while week. you uh, cue that up, we do have a, a few folks saying that a, a road trip podcast would be a great idea. All right. So I Sounds think, good. We'll I think try you've it. locked us in. We'll try it. <laughs> All right, 2000, speaking of 997s, 2008 Porsche 997 Carrera S for sale in the Porsche 911 buy-sell group on Facebook, which is slightly better than the Corvette buy-sell trade group, but there is a lot of Porsche pedantics in there. Um, I won't bore you with the, the details of the listing other than, well, he posted that it had factory adaptive sport seats, and they weren't sport seats, but whatever. Uh, he posted at the very bottom of the listing after all the extensive details, rehabilt title, quote unquote, spelled incorrectly so that oh. it wouldn't like come up if you're searching for that term. Oh, oh, uh, but it was more than a rebuilt title. It was flood damage, <gasps> a biohazard vehicle, <gasps> and it also has a non-actual mileage brand. <gasps> so this Yikes. thing just comes up like you know, slot machine win of, of all the brands on the title. Can we go back to the biohazard? Can that end up on a title? It's not a brand on the title. The title is just rebuilt, but it was flood damage and a total loss because of the flood damage. And as part of that report, it was also noted that it was a biohazard vehicle. Do we think that's because of mold or blood? (laughs) Probably sewer. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. I did not think of that. Huh? Yeah. Yikes. Ah, it was a new, I believe it was in New Jersey when it got flooded. So if it oh, was a man. sewer related flood, ugh. I hope they change the pollen filter. Ugh. That's a really crappy deal. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. New buyer's going to be kind of pissed off. I'm not even, I'm still just trying to process this. I can't make any jokes right now. It's disgusting. Yeah. And also, it's currently for sale with less miles than it had on it a decade ago. <laughs> but it's only forty-one grand. So if you're interested in this, you can call or text uh, this guy nine one seven three four nine eight three four six or zigsig at gmail dot com. Z i g s i g at gmail dot com. Be careful out there, people. There's crazy stuff like this listed all the time. But if you're interested in this car. There's his information, which he posted publicly in this group, so I'm not, like, outing him or anything. I don't know what you're concerned with, Doug. It says it's been fully serviced and inspected. By Car's whom? good to go. Ah, it's good to go. He says it in the listing. MacGyver? <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if it still stinks. It's got a little bit. you got to sit in there and be like, something's not right. Ugh. Ugh. God, that's heebies and jeebies. No, thank you. Uh, one step down from scaminating is the shrewd negotiator brought to you unwittingly, unofficially by FinWiki. Um, check out my GT Vault video today on there, by the way. It's a good one, I think. I haven't watched it, but uh, the reviews are in and they're pretty good. Uh, this submission comes from a frequent listener, Mom, posted in free stuff and cheap stuff in Maine Facebook group, which the best I can tell is the new Uncle Henry's. Now, let me tell you about Uncle Henry's. Uncle Henry's was this black and white uh, magazine that we used to get for, ah, I don't know, I, I think the most expensive I ever saw it was $1.50, but I think it was 50 cents when I was in high school. And it was just a classified book. And you get it at the gas station, and you could buy anything and everything in there. Cars, I think houses, like real estate was in there, or, you know, toaster oven, whatever. Ooh, wow. Yep. The whole state of Maine, that was, it was Uncle Henry's. But it was just like the marketplace of today. People would get that thing before it was on the shelves, and they'd scour it looking for the deals. So if there's any real good deals, you had to, like be in the distribution area that got the first (laughs) versions of Uncle Henry's to get out there. But anyway, uh, the title of the listing is Florida Suburban, S-A-B. The entirety of the description reads, quote, absolutely no rust, rain tree addition. Apparently they added on. Barn doors, no coated period. 
I am real. We can talk on the phone. <laughs> End of description. Is there a phone number? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I love the I am real. <laughs> like, nah, so there's an AI posting the Suburban for sale. So this is an OBS Suburban. I don't know how many miles on it. I don't think they posted the VIN, but they want 13 grand. Ah. But it's posted in free stuff and cheap stuff in Maine. 13 grand is not cheap. No. For an OBS Suburban. I, like, yes, yeah, some have sold for double that, but they were like collector pieces. But. Let's just be honest. I guarantee being a Florida and a Maine truck that there is rest. Like, you know how to find a rusty car? Is you go to Maine and you look at all this, look to find a car for sale that says no rust. It's a rusty yeah, car. It's somewhere. Like, it's just, that's how it is up there. And the photo of it is parked out on the lawn in front of an apparently dead Super Duty, which tracks for Maine where vehicles become lawn ornaments. In fact... You know how to tell if you're from Maine? Oh, how? Uh, when you mow your lawn and you find a car. <laughs> hey. Doug <laughs> hey. Tabbitt. So I, I feel like this Suburban was found in his front yard. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's a collector item. You must draw some uh, some Mainers to this podcast, because I feel like every once in a while we got somebody saying, hey, I'm from Maine, too. Uh, Todd S. on YouTube. So oh, he's my early. cousin. Oh. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, you could have kept me going for a while. Hey, Todd, how's grandma? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. What did he say? Oh, he just said, hi, Doug. I'm also a former Mainer. <laughs> oh. Where? In the south of Portland, it doesn't count. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, this other submission comes from us from Sean Mathis of Miles Through Time Museum in Georgia, who's been shopping for an R8, and he posted one that he found for sale by Greenville Chevrolet in Al Al Alabama for fifty grand. Working on my geography here. Uh, now you might say Audi R8 fifty grand—that's a smoking deal, but the fine print on the Facebook ad is that it includes a credit for trade-in and financing. Hmm. Hmm. Is right. A credit so, for financing? Yes. Um, so some of less scrupulous dealers, we're not, haven't made the call on whether or not this is scrupulous or not yet, but less scrupulous dealers will all, often post a car and they'll post the down payment as a price. So it'll be a 10K car they'll post for three grand and then they'll say, well, three grand down payment, but the car is actually 10 and you have to finance the rest. And if you try to get a cash price out of them, you can't because they don't sell cars for cash. That's not their business model. This one, I don't know. I'll give you the details and I'm not sure which way I go on this. I feel like most people will just say this is typical dealer scam games, but let's, let's flesh this out. So, um, in the fine print on their website for their internet price, it has a star and all the way down at the bottom in the fine print, it says there's a, that price includes a $1,000 credit for a trade-in of a car 2018 or newer. That doesn't mean they'll give you a thousand dollars for that car. It just means like if you trade it in, they're giving you a thousand dollar credit off the price and a $1,000 credit for using their financing because they would make a kickback off financing. So essentially the cash price is two grand more than whatever you're, they're advertising it for on the internet. So I don't love it, but the two grand is actually less than many dealers dock fees. I've seen dock fees that are $2,500, which I don't agree with that either, right? I, I will defend dock fees, but I don't defend ridiculous dock fees. There's a, there's a cost to doing paperwork, and it's not $2,500. But it's kind of like publishing a price on a new car. People do it all the time and say this includes all available factory rebates, which not everybody will qualify for, or finance rebate or something like that. And not everybody will qualify for those things. Now, I know the FTC may have something to say about that as well as individual state laws. And I think Ohio, if we did that, that would be illegal. They have specific rules. They closely govern advertised pricing rules to make sure these types of bait and switch things don't happen. I'm guessing in Alabama, this is totally legal because it's a big Chevy dealer. So 
they probably cleared this with the authorities or, you know, read their own fine print. But it's it's an interesting discussion whether or not this is kosher or not. So you're telling me SwitchCast does not offer uh, money off if you use financing? <laughs> no. Ah, that's unfortunate for me. However, <laughs> however, this begs, we did have discussions back in the COVID era when nobody could get trade-ins, nobody could buy cars, like dealers were struggling for inventory. And so we didn't want to sell any cars for cash. We wanted to only sell if we got a, got a trade-in. So we discussed like, hey, can we actually say there's a different cash price versus a trade? And the, the answer was, I think, ethically, is you can't mark it up, but you could mark it down. So you could just advertise all your cars for a higher price and say, well, if you have a trade-in, we'll give you a $2,500 discount just for trading in a vehicle. But if you're paying cash, you have to pay the asking price. But I understand the logic there, at least. Because dealers need trades, so they're basically just doing the equivalent of a new car rebate. They're just doing it on a used car and saying, this advertised price includes these rebates. Hank would have a real problem with it. Yeah, it just feels icky. I I don't disagree. I'm not going to do it. And not just because it's illegal in Ohio. I'm not going to do that. I, I get where they're coming from, I think there's a better way to do it. Because it it instills a lack of trust right off the bat with your buyers. Yeah, because it's like, why do you feel the need to need to to like play with the, the, the price? Why are you trying to bring people in the door? It just feels like you're trying to take advantage of someone. Even if it's maybe all legal and above board, it just feels weird. Yeah. What is the price of the car? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and who knows? They might also have a two thousand dollar dock fee on top of that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So uh, yeah. we do have a super chat here, actually. All right. We've do got... they have an opinion on whether or not they buy a car from a dealer? That, they do not. That hid the cash <laughs> price. Uh, this is a question about the Minerva event, the, the okay. Cannonball event. Uh, so Taillight Express, thank you very much for your super chat tonight. Uh, Cannonball Corvette, can that attend the event? Is there a Cannonball Corvette? I'm sure one's done it. Um. Uh, the Corvette C7, so it can attend. It will not be featured because we are trying to stick uh, directly for the display to either movie cars or cars that have held an overall record. Because as soon as we deviate from overall records, that just you know opens the floodgates for anything and everything that's run that claims some sort of something record or whatnot. So we're trying to do a timeline because there's probably... 50 to 60 cars to choose from that have held an actual overall record. And out of those, we can only put probably 20 on the bricks. So we're already limited by space uh, and logistics to try to create this proper timeline of 120 years of Cannonball records. So I'd love to have the Cannonball Corvette there, um, but it would be in a side display we'll have a couple corrals and and different areas with other interesting notable cars but um it wouldn't be in the primary display i think that makes sense for it's a really cool place to have a car show but there is limited space (laughs) right yeah i mean because it's it's essentially just main street it's a brick main street in this historic village and the display is carefully curated every year they shut down the street they have bands they have food vendors and they have room for about 60 cars total so yeah it it makes it really special and unique absolutely so make it if you can yeah yeah you said you had found a uh a listing of something online that i might like i'm I'm a little nervous yes uh, to uh yeah so I think uh, somebody sent this to us, uh, or sent this to me, and uh, said it could be a good replacement for Seascape. Oh, no. Uh, why don't you tell the <laughs> I don't want to replace Seascape. <laughs> Shh, don't, that's, da- don't doubt it already. start. No, no, no. Seascape was amazing. Why don't you tell everybody what Seascape, Seascape was? Seascape was the boat truck. It was a, a Ford Expedition that had the rear lopped off, so it was like a cross between the the... I don't even know. It's like a Subaru Brat style, but whatever that Ford <laughs> Ranger that they had the the pick the four door pickup bed. Anyway, um, 
uh, I'm upset at myself that I can't remember what that was called. But um, anyway, they had the rear lopped off and they had um, uh, a sea deck on the back, um, like a, a sun deck. And it was all painted in like 90s, like red, uh, not red solo cup, but the, the, the solo cup. Um, oh, the solo jazz. Yeah, type solo stuff. jazz. Thank you. And it was all white and blue nautical uh, interior and just very nautical themed. And apparently the guy had a matching boat to tow with it. So that was Seascape. And it was fun and hilarious to own for a minute. But then it was just like, okay, it's, a, it's an old SEMA show truck. And it became time to move it on to somebody else that was excited to to have a turn with it. And you uh, you drove it all the way to Radwood, Detroit, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Aaron hated it because the AC didn't work, and it was miserably hot that day. And I think only three of the windows worked, too. But it was, uh, it was a good time. Uh, so anyway, uh, so this is a good replacement for Seascape, it seems. Uh, what we're looking at here that, is a... never a good start. <laughs> Uh, we're looking at a 1990 Chevrolet 3500 HD regular cab. Nice. Uh, Going to start with the... Uh, Square body. Yeah. Um, so this is a 2022 movie car. Uh, it's been featured in Counting Cars Season 2, Episode 7. That's not a movie. That's a uh, TV yes. series. Uh, it has a 350 cubic inch uh, Chevy engine, auto trans. It's got some train horns, new tires and brakes. Sweet. I like it. I uh, love a good square body. Got some rear seating for eight. Uh, well, that's a eight. lot. Yeah, uh, don't pay too much attention to that. Um, we've got uh, lots of batteries for power. I feel like you're things. leading me here. Now, uh, much more. Uh, so many pictures of the construction of this vehicle are to be had. It's, it's entirely legit. Construction. It is a custom-painted shark boat slash truck that has been dubbed the Chevrolet <laughs> I saw this truck. I is it in Georgia? Uh, yes, Woodstock, Georgia. I saw this truck pull in to uh, Caffeine and Octane in Atlanta <laughs> one time. Did I'm really? standing there. It pulls in. I was like, "That is super cool." And that was it. I was like, "All right, I'm over it." Like it was super cool for that moment. And I'm like, "That would be so terrible to own." So and the only thing you could do with it is like run it in parades and stuff. Yeah. So uh, for those of you listening and, and watching, this is a a, lo a very substantially lowered Chevy pickup truck that has everything taken off of it except for like the front end, like even the interior, like the cab is gone. The front fender's the hood and the front grill, and then there is a a boat. Like, an, I guess a normal size, it's not a speedboat, but it's like a, I don't know, just a boat that is like on a hinge so it can be raised uh, up off of the truck, I'm assuming, so you can get into it. Um, and then it's got a zillion exhaust pipes and it's painted to look like a shark. I don't want to know if that like hydraulic system fails to raise or lower. Oh that. my goodness. Uh, I don't even know why it's necessary. It looks kind of cool, but like, I don't, Oh gosh, so uh, many reasons I don't want it, but, but how much do you think it is? I wouldn't pay more than 10 grand. We'll put it that way. I might not even pay that. <clears throat> uh, this person is requesting $150,000 for this <laughs> car. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best joke of the night. <clears throat> you could I, buy a three-mile Corvette ZR1 <laughs> and have 25 grand left over. At least you could drive this, though, sort of. Not really. <laughs> How would you get work done? Can you imagine taking this to your mechanic? Be uh, like, yeah, just it's just a Chevy 3500. Uh, it's fine. Here's the key fob to lift the boat off of it. I love that they call it a movie car because it was one episode of a TV series. That's not a movie car. Also, Chevrolet Dawn is hard to say. Maybe I'm just yeah. drunk, but it's this is. Oh, I, I left out all this other stuff when I was trying to make you think it was a normal car. There's like lighted stereo speakers because it's a boat. Uh, Bluetooth. There's four box subwoofers with amps. Three video cameras Bluetooth for some reason. On a shark. <laughs> yeah. That's probably a dental condition. <laughs> hey, <-o. laughs> man. Yeah, th this thing is wild. <laughs> Should call it Shark Tooth. <laughs> 
Yikes. Oh, boy. Yikes. Uh, we have another, another super chat, actually. Sweet. Tonight. So, E.T. Palmer 90, thank you very much for your first super Wait, chat. Wait, I've, I've got a name. I've got a, I've got a better name for that thing. Okay. The Great Blight Shark. <laughs> All right. I get it. I, I, I kind of like it. <laughs> it, is, it, is, it is a blight. Uh, so E.T. Palmer 90 is calling back to our previous discussion about dealers and pricing and such. Uh, so they ask tonight, uh, what do you think about dealers pricing strategy on used cars? Uh, they post a retail price, discount it to their price. Why post the retail price and the discount if it was worth retail? Does this work as like a marketing tactic? I, I think it helps them with their negotiations. Um, it's nothing that it's nothing that retail um, experts don't do. Like uh, probably the most egregious example of this is wine. You go down the wine aisle and everything is discounted. And the reason apothic wine is so popular is because it's quote a $22 bottle of wine for 11.99. And that's why how everybody buys wine is based off of the savings, the discount. Because I think it's kind of like cars, right? People don't know how to buy a good car, so they use other metrics that they're told to use. Same thing with wine. People don't actually have good taste in wine. They're just like, oh, it's a $50 bottle. It has to be good. So like, you have this psychological thing of getting a deal. People want a deal. And I run into this all the time because we price our cars market correct or we try to, and then everybody wants to negotiate anyway. And I've had people literally say to me, I just want to feel like I'm getting a deal. I'm like, okay, I'll mark the car up five grand and you can call me next week and get five grand off. So I, I, it is definitely a tried and true practice within retail marketing that people with large degrees and letters before or after their name have figured out. I'm sure there's got to be some psychological reason and everybody wants to feel like they're getting a deal, but I would much rather deal with someone who's like, this is the price for the car. I'm confident that this is what it is worth based on its condition. It's whatever it is. And like, let's just do it. Cause I'm not a fan of negotiation. I like, I know it's a, it's something I probably should like better, but the cars I've bought, I've not really negotiated too much on yeah. um, because I've gotten PPIs that all came back well. And I was, I was accepting of the price of the car for what it was. Right. I feel it's just so much easier. Yeah. Like, why do we have to dance? If it's a good deal. If it's not, then you should negotiate not based on the fact that you want a discount, but based on the fact that it's not correct to market. Yes. But, um, yes. I had a point related to that, but my memory has deleted uh -oh. it. I've I've made it go away. That's no, good. It's fine. I'm going to get fired, guys. This is it. <laughs> it had nothing to do with you. <laughs> Early onset dementia here. Yeah. How much was that shark truck? <laughs> $150,000. The other things you could get for that money, which is probably what that person is trying to get into because they realize they've made a mistake. I, I'm wondering if he's the type of person, because we get this, where he is trying to trade it in to every dealer on the planet and he just has like a copy and pasted description that he sends in to any car with a comparable quote-unquote value but he's trying to cash out into something liquid because we would have people do that with old resto mods and stuff like that or you know display race cars or any number of stuff that had a very very subjective value and a very illiquid value and i had one scenario where the guy had sent me the same copy and pasted five paragraph email on like four different cars and on the fourth one i was like you you get that i know what you're doing right like you sent this to 500 other people and nobody wants it like please stop you don't actually want to buy my car you're just desperate to tr transfer this into something else that you can cash out <sighs> It is time for the props and flops brought to you by Switch Cars. And after the regularly recorded segment of our podcast, if you're watching live, feel free to stick around for our bonus round of TikTok, the live Q&A. 
The Props and Flops are brought to you by Switch Cars, and Switch Cars is the enthusiast dealership where we buy, sell, consign, service, and store only cars that we like ourselves. Check out our handpicked inventory at switchcars.com. And Doug, what's our pick of the week from Switch Cars Inventory? It is a 1991 Lamborghini Diablo. Oh. Speaking of. Yeah. With 12,000 miles. It's red on tan so you can live out your dumb and dumber fantasies. <laughs> the blue and orange suits are not included and you cannot pay in IOUs. Oh. But it's here if you got cash. <laughs> Even if it's Mary Swanson's cash. <laughs> oh, we don't that care. sweet. Uh, our flop of the week, uh, Taylor Swift gifts Travis Kelsey a Ford Mustang dark horse, allegedly. All the online news outlets have been reporting this as uh, she gifted him a $45 million Mustang. <laughs> Look, I know Mustangs have gotten expensive, but that's a bit intense. There's no way. <laughs> there there ain't no Mustang on the planet worth that, but you know, TikTok is going to TikTok. Uh allegedly she paid 350 grand at a special auction. Um anyway, she gave him a Mustang, big big whoop de doo. Um hopefully he doesn't uh yeah, run into crowds of fans. I mean, I I don't understand why that's newsworthy, I guess. I mean, like, he probably makes enough money that he can just buy the $80,000 Mustang himself. I doubt he makes anywhere near as much money as she does. Fact. I mean, yeah. He may not have wanted a Mustang either. That might have been... That's kind of like a guy <laughs> buying a girl a sweater or yeah. shoes or something like that. Here, honey, I bought you a car. You bought me a Mustang? Or maybe he like Seriously? said something once and she was paying attention and she's trying really hard to just be a good companion and it just like totally fu- can you imagine like I like to imagine what kind of like disagreement these two people would have because everybody puts them on some pedestal but they're just normal people at the end of the day like no nah, I didn't really want this and then how do you get rid of it like- you auction it off for charity for the children yeah this is. I, this is the only time we will ever discuss American football on this podcast, and only because this news was tangentially related to cars. Is I, that what I Travis could literally does? not care less about football. In fact, last week was the first time that I learned that there were two Kelsey brothers, and both of them played football. And I was not sure which one was dating Taylor Swift or who played in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Like, I am so bad at sports knowledge. I was doing a crossword puzzle this week, and I was missing one letter in a famous football player's name, and I still couldn't figure it out. Let's see if you guys get this. The clue is, quote, Giants, great. The answer is six letters, M-E-L-O blank T. Nobody on our crew knows. No idea. I can I, only think of Malort, and I know that's not what you're spelling, <laughs> but it's close enough that my brain is focused. Yeah, I I didn't know. I still don't know. But uh, yeah, that's why we don't talk about football here. We talk about cars. Ethan's going to get it as soon as the mics turn off. He's thinking over there. I'm thinking hard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, prop of the week is... Tyler Sanders has made it big time. What? Switchcast is so famous that Tyler has gotten media credentials approved yeah. for the Amelia event wow. presented by Haggerty. Uh, so, hey, way to go, man. I'd like Heck to thank yeah. my mom. Uh, I'd like <laughs> to thank my dad. Uh, Doug here especially for giving me this opportunity. <laughs> so we're very excited. Um we don't know if, if they gave us media passes because they're lowering the bar because everybody else is going to Miami or because they just love us so much. But we are committed to Amelia. We love that show, and we'll be there, and we look forward to seeing whoever's there, there. So, yes. Um, we, I've been going for a couple of years now, and it is fantastic every time. Yeah. Nice little break from the Ohio winter, and it's also just a cool place to be with a bunch of cars that you really won't see anywhere else. Yep. So I was down in Tampa today, which is about the same latitude, and uh, just wanted to check the weather in advance, make sure it was good, and it was wonderful. So it's improved. It was supposed to be rainy, like yeah, it's most always, of the time we were down there. It's always raining at some point during Amelia. But anyway, stick around, you who are watching live, for bonus round of Tip Talk, and for the rest of you on the audio podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, Boxcast, Nuts for Sticks. 
Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, Parallel Printworks, and Stephen Holm Woodworking. To our producer, Ethan Huffnagel, and our Ed McMahon over here, Tyler Sanders. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream their full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available next Monday on audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out switchcast.live to sign up for our newsletter, submit questions for upcoming episodes, or to catch up on old episodes. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life.